On Ash Wednesday, I sort of ushered the challenge that, along with whatever we intend to give up during Lent, we also try to get something. The thing that I encourage people to try to get is an answer to the question, why do I believe in Jesus? Or, I want to phrase it differently, who do I believe Jesus Christ is? We talked about having a knowledge of the head, more importantly, knowledge of the heart and our encounter with Christ. Hopefully by the end of the Lenten season that we'd have at least somewhat of a clear answer to this question. And so my hope is Sundays during Lent to do my best, at least in my own regards, try to answer this very specific question. And today, the second Sunday of Lent, we are looking at the gospel, the transfiguration, as we always do. And this may be one of these quasi-miraculous events that we say, did it really happen? Was our Lord truly transformed? Was there a voice that comes from heaven? Well, the transfiguration is interesting because unlike some of the other miraculous stories that may be only accounted once in the Bible, this is actually spoken of in all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all pretty much the same account, and then again in one of Peter's letters. And so you have a number of eyewitnesses speaking almost exactly the details of this very, very specific event. It leads credence that this actually did happen for those who may not believe or think it's superstitious or just miracles that were made up to deceive others. But what we see in Luke's account today is something a little different, a little detail that is not present in the other accounts in Scripture. And this is at the beginning of the reading when Luke tells us that Jesus took Peter, James, and John on the top of the mountain so that he could pray. They went to the top of Mount Tabor to pray. And so typically one goes to the top of a mountain in old times or in ancient writings because it gets us closer to God. It's also a place of theophany, a place where God tends to reveal himself. But it's there that this miraculous cloud comes and they hear the word of the Father speaking that Jesus is his beloved son, and that they should listen to him. And so what I want to do is look at this, this prayer of Jesus on the mountain, show what it can teach us about who Jesus is and who we believe him to be. Most of these insights are taken from Pope Benedict and a writing he did before he became Pope. And looking at the passage of the Transfiguration to a degree, but looking more at trying to answer the question of who Jesus is. And he notices, the first point, that if we're going to talk about Jesus, if we're going to try to understand who he is, there are all kinds of different titles. He's the Lord, he's the Messiah, he's the Savior. But the most important, the most essential title is the one that we hear today, that Jesus is the Son the chosen son, the son of God who is his father. And why is this so important? Because it establishes the core of his identity. 
his relationship as son to God who is his heavenly father. It's that relationship to the father, that relationship that constitutes his identity. It defines him. It defines his very being. But Ratzinger goes on to say that if we really want to see this relationship lived out, if we want to understand Christ's sonship, you've got to see and understand his prayer. Because we can see Jesus as son in his simple being one with the Father, but it's in his prayer that that sonship, that relationship is actually lived out, that we can see and perceive who he truly is. Jesus was in constant communication with his father because he had that beatific vision in his human intellect. But there are many times in scripture that we see Jesus go away in order to pray and to spend a night in conversation and in communion with his father. And so the transfiguration gives us a tiny glimpse into who Jesus is because we get a glimpse of his prayer. And third and finally, and most importantly, Ratzinger says, or Benedict says, if we truly want to know who Jesus is, we want to understand him as the Son of God, then we have to enter into his prayer. We have to understand and experience this prayer if we're going to understand who he is. And that's the argument. When Peter later says that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, he knows this because he's seen Jesus pray. He's heard the voice of the Father. He knows who the Lord is because he knows Jesus' prayer. He knows that communion he has with God the Father. He knows the core of his identity. And so if we are going to know who Jesus is, to be able to define to others what our belief is, we have to know Christ in prayer. We have to be able to experience his prayer, or else we're only going to know about Jesus. Now this sounds nice, it sounds wonderful, but you'll say, Father, I wasn't there on Mount Tabor. I wasn't there in the Garden of Gethsemane. How can I witness, how can I participate in the prayer of Jesus? And for Catholics, we have an answer to this. And the answer is what we are doing right here. The answer is, when we come to Mass, we participate in, we witness and we experience the perfect prayer of Jesus Christ. Because the prayer Mass is not just to come to listen to the Word of God. The Mass isn't just about coming to hang out and to be part of God's people. We are coming to witness the priest acting in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, offer that perfect prayer of sacrifice to God the Father. The one perfect prayer of, the Cal of Calvary represented in an bloody fashion every time in the Mass. We are here on Calvary. We are here at Tabor to witness and to participate in the one prayer of Christ. So many people say, well, Father, I go to Mass, but I don't get anything out of it. Well, the problem is so often we come to Mass looking for something. I want to get something. And that's the reason you don't get anything. is because Mass is not about what we can get, but about what we give. 
We've come to bring our lives, our prayers, our hopes, our desires, and put them on the altar so that Jesus can offer them with his perfect prayer to God, our Heavenly Father. My sacrifice and yours are offered to the Father. So if we truly want to get something, we have to give something. We can't just sit here and be pew warmers. And I think that's one of the real reasons people have a hard time answering the question of who Jesus is, is because they come to Mass, but they never enter into an experience and participate in the prayer of Jesus. By preparing for Mass, by bringing our prayers, our spiritual sacrifices, by listening and paying attention, every single prayer in the Mass is ordered towards the Father. In fact, back in the day when the priest would face with his back against the people, he wasn't doing it to show that he was better than the people. In fact, it wasn't so much the back against the people, but everyone facing the same direction. The priest is the head and the person of Christ with the church, offering the one prayer of the head and the body, the one sacrifice to the Father. And so that is my suggestion to you, if you are indeed searching for the answer to that question this Lent, of who is Jesus, or why do I believe in Jesus? In order to really know it, we have got to experience Christ's prayer, his communion with the Father. We've got to witness it, we have to know it, and the way we can is through participation in Mass. That's why I like during Lent, a lot of people make part of their penance to come to one or two extra masses, to come to a daily mass. A great chance to come to enter into that mystery, be it a daily mass or a Sunday mass, to be able to enter into the very prayer of Jesus, know his communion with the Father, and to give us a clear idea and a clear answer of who we believe Jesus to be. Amen.